Hey, hey, y'all. This is Tamika, and you are listening to Being Tamika. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I'm about to talk some shit for a little bit, because why not? Um, I was pretty determined to record before work, so this may be about 20 minutes. That's what I got. Um, but I'm also moisturizing my face right now, which is so clear, by the way. Um, I've been using, I think, Shea Moisture's black soap wipes I don't know but honestly and also I don't think everybody likes shame wipes. no wait I don't know what I'm using but whatever the hell I'm using is working because his face looks very clear a bit even which is beautiful um and yeah so this is an unedited unplanned conversation about my life and my daily happenings um and I do this because I process out loud like I literally need to always process out loud and um so we're gonna process that's what we're gonna do um at the end I will try to have some reflection questions because that's how I started all this um if you are one of the six people who listen to my podcast that I posted the other day um and <laughs> you're like what where is this going um it started out me processing like a little split that I had with um Bay, and then that changed so um, we're going to talk about regular life, and then I'll at some point tell y'all the story about what really happened with us. But because I always try to tell y'all that it is not my business to tell other people's stories, unless it's research or some, like, tangible shit that I actually can, whatever. Um, <laughs> but um, I'll talk to her before I, like, go into details about our stuff. But <laughs> the people who need to know, they know. Um, so anyway... I've been having this really strange week at work, right? And it happens like, let me think about the last time this happened. It probably happens maybe like once every other month where um, my like morals and the things that I was raised to know do not align with the workplace. And I mean, there's maybe more black women who can agree with this. There may be more black women from the city. Like I was born and raised in North Philly. And I always say like, I'm very grateful for where I was raised because it taught me so many different things, particularly things about people, working with people, loyalty, all the things that folks sometimes try to demonize. Like I take the strength out of some of those experiences. Um, and ever so often, or every other month, like I said, it comes up at work where those things, um, are not like present. And this is not like just my current job. It was in, there was only, I think it was only one job where this didn't happen. And it was when I worked with all black folks. Um, so outside of that job, and if it did happen, it was because like, you knew the black folks were in survival mode and survival mode for black folks, particularly those who've gone through like higher education, sometimes looks like assimilation. It looks like doing what other people would do. It looks a bit more cutthroat. Um, And so that's probably the only times where it came up where it was just like people were doing things that were a little off. But overall, like when I was with them, it was just, I could be my weird quirky self Um, And it was just like, it was what it was. But um, when I worked in higher education, it showed up all the time. Um, And I think I told y'all, like, the one guy who, like, um, he tried to come at me and I had to be like, "Mm -hmm, nope. And I cursed at him and got written up. But uh, so I'm not there anymore. Like, I'm not. And I, 
I, I got to tell y'all this little story. So I'm not there anymore where I'm like cursing at people and trying to get written up. But I'm also still not at the place where I think disrespect in the workplace is okay. Um, I've seen it so often where people in positions of power or sometimes not even positions of power, they their disrespect and their rudeness is chalked up to their personalities. And I think that's the dumbest thing in the whole wide world. Like, I don't care if this person talks to everybody this way. You're not going to talk to me this way. And if you do, we're going to start a paper trail and we're going to do that a lot. Like, it, it, to me, there's nothing about the work. Like, I am not, like, some people may say I'm saving, like, this organization is saving lives or whatever. I don't believe in trying to save somebody's life, right? I am not a doctor. And if I was, I would probably be, like, Bailey on Grey's Anatomy. But that's beside the point. But I am not a doctor, so I am not saving nobody's fucking life through the work that I'm doing. However, I am very dedicated to my work. I love the work that I do, um, and I love the capacity that I currently do it in, and I hope to do it differently in the future, right? And so there's no reason why things ever need to get so intense that disrespect comes into play. Now, granted, listen, your girl loves a difficult conversation. Like, I don't mind a difficult conversation. A conversation where we walk away, we both don't feel good. You know, you might got to call your person and process it. Like, I'm okay with those conversations. But people are blatantly disrespectful. And I don't understand why people will um, excuse it. And so just to back up a little bit, I've, when I worked in higher education, um, it came through mostly with men. um, Or people who were in positions of power um, or people who had perceived power. They thought they had power because they knew a person who knew a person, right? And they would, you know, talk as if like, do this for me as if you're a servant. And I was like, I mean, there's a difference between servant leadership and being a servant, so please stop. Um, but they they would use their position in any way, if it comes to power, if it doesn't, but whatever that positionality is, they would use that as a mode or a reason for why they're so fucking uptight. For instance, I worked in residence life and housing. We know that every freaking August, it's chaotic. It's just chaos. Um, 9,000 things go wrong. Even though you plan for 10,000, 9,000 of those things will go wrong. And then you got another thousand to kind of play around with, right? A wiggle room of fuck shit. Um, so every August, people would be so short-tempered, so short-fused, would demand, demand, demand. And all of the people stuff that you learn throughout the year goes out the window. It just goes out the window. It becomes a, we got to get this done game. Now, granted, when I supervised the team, I was able to, and I'm not saying, let me pause. My dad is the strongest, greatest, and most powerful leader leader I've ever seen in my life. Why is that? Um, My dad works in nonprofit. He's worked in nonprofit for over 20 years. Um, in a leadership capacity. I mean, he had to work his way up, but he's in a leadership capacity now. Whenever that man chooses to retire, that's the capacity he'll be in. My dad also owns businesses. And in those businesses, my dad works with pretty vulnerable populations. And when I say that man, from what I see, like now I know my, my dad from North Philly too. I know my dad got a, you know, a little fuse with him. But when he is dealing with people in my presence, that man got the patience of a saint, even when I know he's irritated. Um, I've also been in the presence of my dad where, so he works with people who, um, have addictions. And so, um, I've been in his presence where people were frustrated and they were coming for him, coming to him for counsel and they started cursing. And my dad, like, he would not allow cursing in front of me. It does not matter if you're mad or not. Um, my dad 
always wanted to make sure that the conversation was appropriate for me. And I never felt belittled. Like if he was like, hey, baby girl, like, you know, da da da, you mind going upstairs? Something like, like I never felt belittled by that. Um, I felt like, you know what, like there's a space that I don't need to be in. So because of that, I don't need to be in the know about everything, right? Like, um, I don't need to be in every room to feel like, oh my gosh, whatever. Like, but I also don't need to be bombarded with the hierarchy either. Because in that hierarchy, sometimes it comes power and people don't know how to handle it. Like if in your day-to-day life, you cannot handle your temper. Why do you have a supervisory role? You think it's just going to change because you're in the workplace? It's not. It's going to show up in different ways. And so I, I really struggle with like seeing my dad manage such high stress re- relationships. And my dad is not a man who can quote you a theory. He don't have a degree. He started in psych. I call him Dr. Dad because I, I think he would have been great at being a counselor. Um, But like he started in psych. He never finished. He was at the community college. Cool, whatever. But my dad has managed for years like. And never had to just, like, project his power. And, like, granted, like, my dad, his company gets audited every year. Like, and this is in the nonprofit space. Like, they go through, they have to go through audits every year. And so during that time, it's high stress for him. It's very high stress for him. You see it when he comes in the house. You see it from, like, the time spent in the office. Um, But I've only remembered one time in my life where I was like, whoa. Like, when my dad was taking the tone with a person, and I was like, huh? Um, and then like afterwards he talked to me about it a little bit, but it also, I mean, that happened within probably the last year and it's also a pandemic. So we're going to give that man a little bit of grace, but I am very like taken aback when people bring disrespect and rudeness into the workplace as if, and they normalize it. Like, I, I don't want to chalk it up to Bob's, you know, um, personality or Bob's just like that, or Bob's just, you know, dry humor and does X, Y, and Z. Like, that is not appropriate. And I find that people are so conflict avoiding that they don't want to tell people when you're actually crossing a line. And I had to tell someone that this week. And then that was like how I started my week. And then, like, you know, towards the end of the week, um, I won't give dates so people can't go back and look at, you know, calendars and things. I'm, I really be thinking people be stalking my life when they really don't. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I was in a meeting and it was two men who were just doing the most. And I was like, whoa. And in those times, so this is what I actually learned. In those times when I don't have the capacity to put somebody in their place in a way that won't make me feel like I got out of character, I got to be quiet. Um, and I actually had to tell my supervisor that yesterday. I was like, you know, like in that meeting, that someone was like, I was like, oh, we're talking about Tamika and third person, like she's not here. Just think I'm not here. Let me disappear because the way you are carrying on in this meeting, I cannot partake in it. And so a part of me yesterday, a lot, I was doing a lot of reflection and I was just like, well, why? And I don't, I don't get angry on purpose. Like I don't normally sit in anger and like, um, my person will tell you, like, it takes a while. She don't know. She'd be like, when you angry, I don't get it. And I'm like, yeah, because I've learned these skills on how to communicate, whereas I don't have to jump to anger right away. And I'm also a pretty realistic and rational person, whereas I'm like, yo, it's busy season. Busy season, listen, we ain't gonna have the nicest meetings. I get it. But what you don't have to do is project your, like, your position or your power onto another person. And then other people are normalizing it. Um, and I also learned, and I, I have this like pretend YouTube, you know, my podcast is pretend my, um, <laughs> I need to get some shirts that says like pretend podcast or something like that. Um, but 
on this YouTube channel, I talked about how I struggled in um, academia. So I'm born and raised in Philly. I started at the community college. Um, I transferred to a four-year institution that was a predominantly white institution. And my first, like, I was raised in a household that always celebrated my blackness. And so when I was up there um, in West Bubble, whatever, right, um, I started to assimilate to this, like, culture of niceness, culture of, you know, indirectness. And then, it's like, I only experienced that for about a year and a half because I was done. I was so tired of it, especially um, once I joined my sorority and I was around different people who had different communication styles than me. I'm in a predominantly white sorority, by the way. I couldn't keep participating in a culture of niceness because it was too harmful. Like people would literally like be having anxiety attacks because they're afraid to talk to people or they're afraid to stand up for themselves. And I like, I could not do that. And so my junior year up there, which was really my second year or my like second, first and a half year, whatever, I was just like, fuck it, you're going to get this. And it's just going to be that. And it, did I become this person overnight? No. It took me a while to kind of unpack and unlearn the culture of niceness and the indirectness that I was playing into, as well as like the other areas in which I was trying to assimilate. It took me a minute to do that. And I think honestly, not until like my professional career did I really say, no, like people need to get who I am. And only within the last year did I say, you know what, Smeek, it is okay to curse on your um on your social media. Um, because I was like, oh my God, people are gonna be looking at me if I'm looking for a job and da da da. And realistically speaking, like I as a black queer woman, if I can't show up in the space in the way that I'm used to commit, do I need to like I don't usually curse at work. Like I just don't need to do that. Um, to feel empowered. <laughs> but like when I'm talking in other spaces, I have a very potty mouth. And I was just like, no, you can't communicate like that. You can't do X, Y, and Z. And then I started like following a lot of amazing black women. Honestly, most of them are entrepreneurs, but they are in spaces where they're like, no, you're going to get all of me or none of me. And you can't love my brilliance, but not love my language and love the, fa- the fact that realistically speaking, I'm like multilingual. I don't know. Because uh, I can speak a whole lot of different words. And I also started like hearing more about Black women choosing to not code switch. Um, and I don't, I particularly don't feel like it's a negative code switch when I choose not to curse at my job. Um, because if I started cursing, y'all, I would just, I wouldn't, I would be like talking to a CEO and be like cursing and talking to, you know, um, a manager. So like that, I'm just like, I can't, that's too much in my brain. But all of that to say, like, I really, when I tell you I struggle in spaces where disrespect is entered, and I always equate it to North Philly and where I was raised because it's like, okay, if somebody don't like you, don't talk to you. Bam. Point blank simple. Don't, if you do not, if I was walking in the hallway in a school and I knew somebody didn't like me, unless I really wanted to fight them, I'm not talking to them. Or if I have this big tip with somebody, I'm not going back and doing all this stuff to be their friend. It just don't happen that way. Or if like, you know, somebody like on your street or something, it's habitually a liar or they're not to be trusted. You're not going to tell them all your secrets. And I feel like the culture of niceness in workspaces that I've been in, is like, oh, even if y'all had a hard meeting, it's okay for them to chat you right after and be like, oh, no hard feelings. No, my dude, you need to like, no, you need to actually treat me like a decent human being when we're in these meeting spaces and you are sitting in all that power period. And so I, I just struggle because like in my mind, loyalty is important. 
in my mind, um, disrespect is not tolerated. Like, if I'm walking on the street and somebody disrespects me, listen, like, it's not, I'm not saying, like, I jump to fight. I really don't be fighting, y'all. Like, I'm not, I'm promise you, I'm not that cool. Um, I listen to, like, a lot of music that reminds me of my childhood, but that ain't me now. Like, I don't, listen, I just don't need to fight now. But it's like, I do command respect. And I know that if someone disrespects me, that I can articulate it and do X, Y, and Z. But in the workplace, y'all, and it's not like, I was talking to my sister yesterday, because she was like, oh, like, if you needed me to, like, help you with, like, an email or something, I could do that. And I was like, no, 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 it wasn't even that, because my email skills are great. Like, they're really A1, right? But I'm talking about in the meetings where I'm not even scared. Like, I don't have anxiety about speaking up. I'm not scared. Usually if I have anxiety, like I feel it in my stomach, if it's like, oh my gosh, like I got to like, you know, put a halt to what's happening right now. It's not that. It's when I personally feel disrespected. It's like, I go, I have to go quiet. Cause if I don't go quiet, like I'll be like, are you fucking serious? Cause like that, that's the reality of like wanting what I want to ask somebody is, are you fucking serious? And if I can't ask you that, then I'm going to shut up. <laughs> but I, I say this and I wanted to share this because I think some people think that I can just like navigate all spaces because I speak out about injustice. But it's still difficult because I really do not believe in losing my cool. Like I don't like I'm a very level headed person in stressful situations. I don't just like react in some crazy way. I'm just usually really able to navigate things. And so. When I can't do that, I'm just like, oh, well, um, shut up. Shut up, Tamika, shut up. Shut up and call your sister, shut up and do this, shut up and text somebody that you need. Like, get that support out elsewhere because you're not gonna get it here. But I also don't think that's appropriate. And I've gone through like so many leadership classes where it's like, you know, organizational leadership, people first. Um, you know, use people first language, use asset based language, validate people's experiences, all these things. But that goes out the window when people start talking um, or when people are stressed. And I think that's so weird. Like when I'm stressed, I, I'm mindful, like, OK, I don't want to project that on my team. So let me figure out what I need to do. Do I need to be vulnerable in that moment with them and tell them, hey, y'all, like, you know, there's a lot going on, like, da da da. Like, one of my teammates, <laughs> we was on a call yesterday towards the end of the meeting. And she was like, You look tired. And I was like, I'm not tired. It was just a really hard day. It was a hard day. And I've had a lot of um, conversations that didn't go well. And she said, um, You know, what did she say? She was just like, Oh, I'm here for you if you need. But like, I'm not, and I don't, I struggle because I'm like, Okay, my dad learned all these things. And usually I call my dad and talk about this, but that's a whole nother story right now. But <laughs> my dad learned all these things, never having gone through some certification program, never having, you know, gone through a four-year institution, never having gone through a master's level, whatever, never looking up theories and writing theses and all those things. But I think it's because it's a people thing. It's not a school thing. It's a how the fuck were you raised? Like my dad always taught me, you do not go out to restaurants unless you can tip well, period. And if your service is really, really great, you better tip super well. Like my, I learned all of these like things around like hospitality or treating people with dignity and respect from a man who other folks probably wouldn't even look at twice. I mean, my dad's like really, really tall. Um, so people would look at him twice and he's like a really tall chocolate black man. But like, <laughs> outside of that, like I just, I don't understand why these folks who've had 
you know, they love to throw out um, professional developments. And I'm not really just talking about my current like job. I'm talking about the workplace in general and how as a black woman, I don't always feel like I belong in anybody's workplace, probably unless it's spearheaded by black people. I don't know. Um, but I'm trying to create that for myself anyway, because I don't know what it's, especially because there is nobody on an operating table um, in that moment for me to ever treat somebody disrespectfully. Like, there's just no reason, even in high stress, like intense conversations, like I still try to maintain dignity of other people in their humanity. I'm not going to, and even this week, I started my week with a pretty hard conversation. And in that conversation, I felt my, I felt the eyes, you know, rolling just a little bit. I felt like my demeanor lessening and I had to sit the fuck up because in no way am I going to let this difficult conversation make somebody else feel like shit. And like, no, I do not work in tug. I don't work in the stock market. I don't work in places like that. I work in a environment and I work in education so in education you're supposed to be you know people 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 oh my god um but the weird thing is also we when do we talk about this never mind I'm not gonna go there not gonna go there um so yeah I'm struggling I also wonder like if other people struggle because here's the thing if I was a a black woman who was um deemed a certain kind of way, if I wasn't deemed smart enough or educated enough or wasn't deemed as someone who could potentially like, you know, assimilate or adapt or whatever, people would expect me to do what I want to do, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, but because I, I don't know what it is that's like stopping me from speaking. And this is not like a, when it comes to like inequities in the organization, everybody knows like I'll speak up. For the most part. And if I don't, I will process why I didn't. Like, I, I'm still fucking human. Um, but this is like a person, like, I feel personally attacked when somebody feels the need to call into question my judgment in a disrespectful manner. So that means they're not asking me questions. They're making statements. They're making assumptions. Their body language is telling me they're fed up with the conversation. They are um, trying to beat around the bush and not say X, Y, and Z. And I, like, I don't... One of the things that I know I don't do, I don't shrink in those moments. I don't feel less than. I just feel disrespected. <laughs> um, and I think I'm going to call this like podcast, like we're not this episode, like not imposter syndrome because imposter syndrome doesn't come into play that much. It's just like this innate reaction to be defensive, to um, to like level the playing field. It's like, that's what I want to take away everybody's degrees, everybody's title, everybody's positionality, everybody's years in the organization. And I wanted to be like, all right, let's look at each other eye to eye as two fucking human beings. And now tell me how we can work together to figure something out. Don't tell me what you think I'm doing wrong. Don't tell me, um, you know, what you assume. Don't tell me those things. Talk to me like I'm an actual human being and see how far we get. And I know that in... When as a leader, or not as a leader, fuck that shit. I don't give a fuck about that title. But as someone who has supervised people in the past, I know that's what I've always tried to bring in. It's like, let's take away the titles. Let's take away all that. And like, when I tell you, I've had some real ass conversations with my team, the people I've used to supervise. Like those conversations were really shit because we take all that away. Fuck the degree that's hanging up on the wall. Fuck the title. Fuck me being salaried and you not being, like none of that matters. 
it really matters like at the end of the day how I treat people and um in therapy this year my therapist is like oh you like to be liked by people um and so I had to process that a little bit this week it's like oh do I feel like people don't like me nope that's not it (laughs) and I do like I genuinely do like to be liked by people because I try to be a decent human being I really do um do I always get it right absolutely not but for the most part I try to be a decent human being and treat people kind and with respect and all of those things so all of that to say that I um, this week I was struggling um I was definitely struggling I was very frustrated I felt very disrespected and I I wonder so there was this video about this woman Dr. Rosario um, who this, they were at a board meeting and the guy would not call her doctor. She's like, no, I prefer to be called doctor. Da, 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 da. And it's like, is that like, it's, and I said, I need to channel her when I'm like thinking in this way, but like, sometimes I can channel that. And sometimes I'm very quiet because I know it's going to come off in this perceived way. And maybe it's like, a, I don't give a fuck. Maybe I turn to, I don't give a fuck. Um, because I do know that I'm pretty well respected within my organization. Um, and I'm known for speaking out, but usually when I speak out, it's because I can be in control of myself. I need to, I got to process that a little bit more y'all, but I just wanted to share this because shit ain't always sweet. Um, and as much as I like, I am, I don't want to say I appreciate, I like the shit that I do. I like the space that I'm in. I like that I'm able to you know, advocate and do all of these things that I do, I just struggle when people take the humanity out the work. And this is the time of year where people take the humanity out the work. Like two, a few months ago, people were like, oh my God, take days off. It's a pandemic. Oh my God. Oh my God. And now people are like, fuck that. Do this, do that. And I'm like, well, well, because maybe the pandemic's not over. Um, And also you never know people's lived experiences. And so it's like, I don't live and breathe my job. I've done that before. It ain't worth it. I promise you. Um, I do not live and breathe my job on purpose. And so because of that, when it comes five o'clock, unless I'm working late, which the other day I literally worked 12 hours, actually it was like closer to 13 hours for a nine to five. I was like, we got to put a pause on that. Um, But because I don't live and breathe this work after five o'clock, typically, I'm done and I let it go because I know that during the day I did what I needed to do to effectively do my job. But when disrespect comes into play, doesn't help with being effective. Um, another thing is I wrote on, um, I did log back into Facebook um, and Instagram. I'm still not going to be on there a lot because I need to get my fucking life. Um, but I wrote on Facebook and after I wrote what I wrote, I was like, wow, like if I start job searching, will that impact me? Will people knowing that I don't like being disrespected impact me? Will people perceive the way I talk about like North Philly? Oh my God, North Philly. Like I want to fight people. I want to fight people. I want people to be respectful, period. And when they're not respectful, I want people to call it out and call it into question and stop normalizing it because everybody is afraid to talk about stuff. And I also hate that because I speak up a lot, if I don't speak up, oftentimes I'm in rooms where no one else will, oftentimes. And it doesn't matter that they get paid more than me or they have a different title than me, or maybe sometimes they have the same title, but it's really frustrating when we don't, I don't know, like I I just, I struggle with that because that's a whole nother North Philly thing. Like it's the collective, 
it's the collective for me. Like it's the, you know, folks having your back and blah, blah, blah. And when they don't have your back, I'm still so, so, and never mind. <laughs> Yo, I can go on a whole tangent. But anyway, I feel better today. Um, I treated myself to Panera yesterday. I still got my salad, which I'm really excited about because their strawberry salad is back in season. Um, so I'm really excited about that today. And I also, I'm, ex- I'm also excited that I'm recognizing this because when I start to have like reflections like this or things start to come up more frequently, I get to learn. I get to sit in learning. And I'm like really excited for that. I'm really excited to eventually write this dissertation, um, which will be about intersectionality and Black women and Black girls in academia. Um, I'm really excited to kind of sit in some of those experiences and to be able to start to research it. Um, so I, I'm probably saying that to gas myself up because I'm behind on my writing. But either way, it's going to be great. Um, so my reflect, reflection questions, the first one would be like, what aspects of work culture do you struggle with and why? And don't tell me like, oh, I struggle with like being on time because I don't want time. Like what, like what do you really struggle with? And like try to tie it to like your lived experiences outside of like work culture. Um, and if you are a black woman, like... I'm just praying for you, sis. I'm like, I'm holding space for you. I am, you know, always here because I like, I know some dope black women who work in like more high stress environments than me. And like, I know they get this shit more than me. I also think that because I was in um, higher ed and this happened all the time, that when it happens in my current um like field, I get shocked and shook because I'm like, whoa, this doesn't happen a lot. Oh no. Um. Anyway, I digress. Um, first question is, what um, aspects of workplace culture do you struggle with and why? Try to dig deep. The second um, question is like, what have you learned recently about yourself that is enhancing your experiences? Like, what have you learned recently? And no, you don't got to talk about the pandemic. We don't have to go that far. But like, I'm talking about the workplace today. Like, what have you learned in a workplace um, about yourself recently that's enhancing your experiences? Um and maybe I'll share mine at another point, but not right now because your girl got to go. But until next time, grow with me. And thank you for listening to this unedited ass podcast. Bye.